Welcome to the uh, first edition of One Amazing Experience. Um, it's a chance to speak to industry leaders within the events industry about their own experiences. And if they were to throw a party, what sort of party it would be? Uh, I'm delighted to have as my first guest, Mr. David Wise. Uh, David has been the managing director and founder of, of Wise Productions uh, for now 27 years and 11 months. LinkedIn tells me. Um, David, could you be so kind as to give the listeners 30 seconds or a minute on, on Wise Productions and what you guys do? Phil, good afternoon. Very happy to be here. I'm not sure I'm an industry leader, uh, but <laughs> that makes me feel very terrific to hear that someone. That's terrific. Uh, I would say you were. Okay, that's very good. So Wise Productions, uh, London-based um, events support design company based West London, I may have said that. Our thing, our esprit de corps would be delivering live event services within the museums, palaces and the galleries. So the unique venues of London and those venues that would close to the public at 6pm and then by 7 guests have arrived and we are done. We are installed. So great creativity uh, coupled with uh, a military operational procedure currently uh, before corona we had 33 full-time staff and a cadre of uh, 300 amazing freelancers um, and here we are facing covid19 and who knows what the future gives us uh, currently we are strongly robustly pivoting towards uh, digital virtual events building a three camera green screen studio at Wise Productions. There we are. Thank, thank you, David. It is, uh, it is, as you say, it's strange times, and it's part of the reason why why we're doing this series is is to one, to sort of, I suppose, reconnect us, reground us all as to why we, we work in this amazing industry that we do, and slightly mad industry that we work in. Um, but it means a lot to us, and it means to a lot to, to our clients and their guests when they come to events. And so it's really nice to find out from, and I am going to call you an industry leader, David, an industry leader as to, as to if they were to do an event, how they would do it. Um, so coming into the first part, I always think that uh, with a, with an occasion, and obviously we can discuss what your occasion is going to be, but I think the thing that will really show what sort of occasion it's going to be is, is your venue of choice. So where is your party going to be, David? Well, I would like, I thought this might be, uh, a post-lockdown, post-COVID celebration, back to normal, whatever normal is. So I have selected the back garden of our house. The back garden of your house. And now you know why I've chosen that. <laughs> it's a very interesting place. I mean, from your, I mean, you obviously work as you as you put in terms of Wise Productions. You you work at the Naturalist Museum of Tate, the yep. Tower of London. Very lucky. Uh, yeah, you, you, exactly. And yet you've chosen the back garden of your house. Yes. Firstly, in this imaginary party, I'd like all of our venues to come. So why should one of okay. them have to work? No, that's fair enough. I'd like that's fair enough. Day, all the caterers, all the suppliers, the florists, the uh, the amazing suppliers within the industry and the venues. Come on, we're coming to Wise's. You can have a full garden, David. 
yeah, it's going to be. <laughs> these fences are are flexible, Phil. <laughs> they have to be absolutely. Yeah. And, and and in terms of it, obviously having it in your own part, in your own house, in your own yeah. in your own garden. I mean, did you did you grow up with your parents sociable people? Do you were you were you did you grow up around events? Was it was it an influence on you going into this industry? No, or, or completely wow. the opposite. My parents were party people. Mum and dad loved to dance and, and um, they threw, um, well, they had bridge parties every, every week, which are quite a formal affair. My father, who didn't drink, um, but could mix and had a, an, an extensive knowledge of cocktails, which I never got to ask him about. He could mix the most astonishing drinks didn't drink himself. He was a GP. Uh, and I remember certainly one party where the next morning we had some people on in the spare bedroom who just couldn't drive home. They, they, <laughs> they, had, a, they had a really good innings. Uh, and then Sundays were often uh, massive traditional Sunday roast with family and friends. And also uh, my mother or father would um, invite what they would call waifs and strays. So there were some okay. not, not the regular faces every other week. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you did, yeah, they were very social then. They were. So again, you know, there was, there was wine and there was uh, champagne, mm. uh, which my parents didn't drink. But when guests came to the house, uh, as a young child, I got the sense that guests coming across the threshold, we get the best out. They must have a really, really good time. Yeah. What's the, what's the uh, Spanish saying for it? Mi casa. Mi casa. Su tu casa. That, wasn't, su casa. that wasn't quite, you know, I'm not sure how that worked because certainly that wasn't the regular meal or the regular party stuff. So when, when we had guests over, it was it was elevated somehow. Yeah. Anyway. Excellent. Well, when you first started, I, I know, um, you, uh, and, and obviously LinkedIn is a wonderful thing for this, um, but you, uh, and I, you did a, a, a B.Eng. in electrical engineering at Middlesex University. I did. Yeah. I, I need to look at my LinkedIn page. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I did. I, I, was, I, had, a, I had a proper job, uh, a, a really good job, actually. Uh, I ended up, after graduating, um, uh, working in the bleeding edge technology uh, of UK uh, manufacturing. It was a really, really good um, experience. Amazing. What did you take from that into, into what you do now? If I'd known you were going to make me think, Phil, I would have done some more homework. Gosh. Um, <laughs> oh, I, so I, I need to do this justice. I need to... Uh, so what did I learn? Firstly, um, the power of a team together, team... Uh, Alistair was my engineering manager. He was the head of production engineering. Um, yeah. he, he was a great team leader, uh, as well as an engineer. He was an amazing engineer, but um, he knew how to get the very best, you know, the, uh, the sum of the parts, whatever that expression is. Um, he, they always, his team always batted above um, the average. Uh, okay. And uh, time, try, try and give people time um, it's not a rush. It's not a race. Okay. So giving people time rather than valuing time or a mixture of both? Uh, a mixture of both. So we 
succeed if we're not running at the fastest person's pace as a team that the team gets its own energy and pace to succeed and that's the pace we're going to run at very good and obviously your party needs to run at its own pace as well and always uh, an important aspect david is 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 to me is always that that mood setter when people arrive um did you have a song that you think that we would like to be playing as people arrived in your back garden? I didn't have a song. Sorry, I may have misread that question then. Uh, That's all right. Uh, it's, it's Van Morrison, when people are arriving. Uh, Van Morrison. Van Morrison. An artist. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, fair enough. And does that hold emotional reasons for you? It's just fun. It's just fun. It's upbeat. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Unlike the man himself. Well, you know, I would love to have had the experience. I would love to be able to see him live. It's one of those regrets. So, uh, well, I don't think he's, he's not too late. There was a, there, I tried to get into the gig last year. Uh, yeah. uh, and uh, maybe I'm not an industry leader because I couldn't pull those strings to get in. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe in the future. Yeah. You're doing the sound at some point, I'm sure. Oh, uh, and uh, you drink for your guests as they arrive? Obviously, yeah. you talked about your father. So on that theme, uh, we would have pretty much everything. So there's definitely going to be uh, some Prosecco, which leads on to a question about what we're going to eat. But Prosecco will be chilled. It's like really fun. There'll be red and white. Um, uh, at the moment, we're drinking uh, a delicious Alvarino, uh, which is not Italian. but um, uh, And then there'll be some IPA and some London Pride in the fridge. Uh, unless Helen's coming, in which case Helen does not like London Pride chilled, so there'll be two bottles with her name uh, in the utility room. All about the attention to detail, Wisey. Definitely. Yeah, well, that's us in the events business. <laughs> Indeed. And, and now your, your, your guests are arriving. Obviously, questions will come from them as well while they're at your party. Indeed. Um, so how, how did you start your business? All the way back, this amazing thing started with um, mobile discotheques or as we used to call them traveling discotheques which then quickly grew after meeting Chris Horrell in Devon uh, grew into sort of traveling nightclubs this sort of six-legged massive thing that we could put up in no time at all uh, but that that was fine for the summer balls and Christmas uh, period but um we then looked to what else could we do with all this technical gear? Uh, and originally, before the museums and palaces and the galleries, um, we started a company specializing in lighting and sound and technical support for framed structures, big frame tents. Uh, we would take all the headache away of power, lighting, sound, and work it all out and just arrive with generators and PA and lighting and work alongside the frame tent suppliers and then from there i'm sure, I'm sorry, sure you I'm, must remember the first, oh that's okay i'm sure you must remember the first gig you did i do what as uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my word. how how editable is this okay if i tell you this uh, it's with and i've learned so much after the fact uh, we were sent to buy uh neptuna structures for a phenomenal wedding uh, in Hertfordshire. The grounds 
of which I can still, it was a, 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 a paddocks and the east and stables and all sorts of, what a place. So big frame structure uh, was built and I, and the client wanted crystal chandeliers over the dance floor. Uh, this must be 1989, 1980. Oh, good grief. We weren't even a limited company. It was just Mike and I. It's Michael and I. Uh, so we went to Newman's Hire in Acton, and we hired, at huge expense, three massive crystal chandeliers, um, which were used in film sets. It was huge things, um, and we didn't quite understand how big they were, and they didn't fit on the <laughs> The plan was what we would then do is we would go with our ladder and our wiring, get the chandeliers up in the roof before the roof lining, et cetera, et cetera. Arrived at the marquee with our biggest ladder only to find that this frame structure was huge. It was like sort of nine meters, 10 meters up in the air and our ladder didn't reach. The marquee was big enough for us to drive the van in to the structure <laughs> up it was laid and we gaffer taped the ladder to the roof to get the light <laughs> in. Before, because we, we had a deadline and we didn't want to, anyone, to de delay anybody. So uh, Mike drove the van. I got up the ladder and hoisted the three chandeliers, the ladder on the roof of the van. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sounding quite like an only fours and horses. It was exactly that. That's that. And we still, and I'm still friendly with Mike and we still have that moment when we have a share a beer. And it, that was our only fours and horses moment. It, it, it all went fine and deadlines were reached. The show must go on. And at the allotted time, we drove our van out. The linings went in. Happy days. Oh, brilliant. And as you say, the show must go on. Mm -hmm. uh, so Absolutely. They've started to, to have probably, probably a glass of Prosecco by the sounds of things, or mm -hmm. Albarina, maybe, maybe a bitter for those who want it. Possibly. And uh, we come now on to your, your starter. David, what do you have planned for your guests as a starter? Right. So these, our colleagues are, um, I think they deserve just a really relaxed, relaxed evening, afternoon, whatever. So we are just going to have the most amazing um, mixed hors d'oeuvre. We're going to have olives and um, uh, that's it really, some olives and possibly some other dips because uh, the main, the main course is going to be where we're going to eat the main course is going to be the stunner yeah yeah it is yeah so the main course is as you know philip in my garden i have a wood-fired pizza oven indeed so we're doing pizzas so Very nice. 48 hours before this moment i would have started the so the sourdough uh, process of making the pizza base there oh, you are I'm not sure why it takes 48 hours, but in this house it does. <laughs> uh, and does, uh, does, does Wise have a special Wise pizza? Is it is there a particular topping that, uh, you know, if I come around to Wise's, I can expect? Uh, no, so what we've got, we've got this massive board, uh, which Moya and I would have put all the possibility ingredient toppings. We'll have, you know, the tomato passata, we've got the mozzarella, uh, we've got Parmesan cheese, and then there's a whole array. You're encouraged to only have two or three or maybe four toppings. Uh, my favourite is um, uh, onion, chutney, and uh, goat's cheese. 
vegetarian. How very modern of you, David. Uh, well, uh, although currently I'm off layout cheese, so um, it's just <laughs> it's just uh, <laughs> onion chutney. Okay. Very good. See so you. Um, I mean, I guess it comes as part of the industry. But from from what I gather from our initial conversation here is here that you know you're you're very much, and I mean it in a nice way, a people pleaser in terms of you've you obviously in terms of tipple of choice, it's whatever anybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of pizza, it's whatever anybody wants. Yeah, and we we will not frown on those that make a smiley face with the red peppers. That's fine. Uh, we'll have no comment and no judgment if there are nine toppings. Yeah, it, it's all good. And do, you, and do you think that that's? I mean, it, it, do you think that's an, been an important part of your success um, or your or your love of this industry? It's interesting that here we are discussing a post-COVID nineteen party. What has really energised me happily over the last month or two? is seeing how people see a problem and think around it. Yeah. I think that's pretty special, maybe not, but I'm influenced, but within the events industry, not, not just the Wise Towers, I've spoken to yourself, some caterers, some florists, some venues, uh, some content, um, I, I've, I've, some um, people that try and articulate the message. Uh, it's incredible how they're, Personally, we're not taking this line down. We've been challenged. We're going to write. We're going to we're going to rise to this. Um, so, um, is my love for has possibly rekindled? Uh, I'm and I've now forgotten the question. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was asking if, if the fact that uh, you're uh, at heart very much a people pleaser and want to make sure that there's the 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 options and and. Uh, suppose flexibility and just making people as we talked about I suppose me casa su casa in terms of making people feel at home but equally giving them a choice of what they want to do and not trying to dictate to them you know has that been a, a serving point I mean we are a service industry so has that has that been do you think part of the reason for your success uh, and your passion into this industry I, have a, I, I still have a very real passion for the events industry uh, I think that the, part of the success is in the other people that I've, I've been able to work with. Uh, and, and the fact that we try, yeah, we try and sort people's problems out uh, without being shouty, without, being, without the need to be heroes. Uh, leave it to us. We'll take care of that. In fact, we may not even tell you what we're going to have to do, but we've understood the problem. We'll take it away and we'll just, we will just make that go away. We'll sort that out. As you've as you've kindly demonstrated with your gaffer taped ladder on the top of a van, um, didn't, didn't I, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you mustn't tell that, me that. This is just no, no. <laughs> well, and, and the listeners, I'm afraid, David. But but I guess when you came down off that ladder, I mean, what was your what was your vision at the time for the company? Uh, we, we didn't have one. Uh, you didn't. Mike and I. Well, we realized we had to do something else apart from these really fun traveling nightclubs. Uh, but, you know, we both had mortgages uh, and they weren't being paid. So, we well, you know, why are we working May to July and December? We've got all this equipment. It must. So we were, we were finding our feet. 
Uh, and we just felt that we'd been charged with a responsibility to get this thing done, whatever the thing was. Um, and um, we had an obligation. We, we, you know, we had to be off-site at, I don't know, midnight, whatever time it was. It was four in the morning or something, something um, a lot less civilized than midnight. So um, that was it, full stop. That was going to happen. Yeah. The vision for the business really took a lot longer to come to mind. It might be no, fair, fair enough. Stage. I didn't have a clue. No, and I think that that's, uh, you know, I don't think you're abnormal in terms of that. And then uh, we, we often find, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's often um, uh, an occasion, a particular occasion or a particular deal or a particular thing that happens in a business which gives you that step up, um, which makes you actually, I suppose, give you clarity of vision. Is there one, uh, one thing that you would say that suddenly you felt wise within a different strategy in a different area? There is. Uh, and um, I'll try it. Please tell me if I'm. So in 1992, we did a tour from Brighton to Aberdeen, uh, which is called Come Alive. Um, uh, and it, it, was, it was an amazing, amazing experience. Uh, talk about teamwork, camaraderie. Uh, the production manager was just incredibly professional, forever writing lists, forever communicating, forever uh, getting the work done professionally. Um, the, the, the mixing of, uh, of different departments and how that every day, you know, the show, the doors had to open at, I don't know, 10 o'clock in the morning on a Monday. And crikey, we did it. I mean, there are some issues along the way I mean, the winds in Aberdeen were astonishing but that that then elevated um so I really enjoyed that both technically professionally uh, and in terms of just mates and working together halfway through that process I think we must have been between Birmingham and possibly Newcastle I realized that I really, really, really liked museums and palaces and galleries. <laughs> and why? Why? Because they, they were a, a controllable environment or? No. That, uh, 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 oh, gosh, those questions. Why? I st and I still think this. It was a real privilege to be able to work there. Right. So we had taken on a small event, I think, for mustard catering tiny thing where I'd come back down to London. Mike and I did this tiny job and I remember wheeling a road case, possibly our only road case at the time, into Gallery 9, which was then the pre-Raphaelite. I think it was James Herbert. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was James. Um, yeah. And it was the simplest event, but it was very elegant. Um, and having come from this great big generators and cables and three-phase and lighting and rigging and come in to do this really delicate, accurate um, lighting of a, of a gallery. Uh, on my way back to the Marquee site, um, I realized that this was an amazing experience, but Marquis wasn't for me. Okay. <laughs> 1992, which is, which is when, when I formed Wise Productions UK Limited, which was supposed to be just unique venues. Very good, Rosie. And, and in terms of it, David, I mean, you, um, you're obviously having a party in, in your back garden, which I do understand. So I'm if just you were to have it. I've got to make sure there's enough wood <laughs> in the pizza oven because it, it needs tending. 
Um, if you were to have it in a venue, which one would you have it in? That's not in any way a tricky question, Phil. <laughs> well, okay, like, let's put it down to, as you say, you, you, you probably, if, you, if, if we're talking your garden, mm-hmm. I guess you're talking to, to limited to being realistic to 100 people. Would you say that was fair? Yeah. So, so obviously, you, you're not going to, you're not likely to to choose, and I'm making its name wrong because I know it's not now called the Central Hall, but the Central Hall at, at Natural History Museum, for example, would would uh, hold 700. So that's not really going to be the venue for you. So basing it on a hundred people. Oh gosh, a favourite venue for a hundred people. Tell you what, you can think about that while you're having dessert. I, I'm, I'm going to write that down, and I, I'm, I'm not going to shirk it. I will just have to think. So, uh, and is it, is it a real venue, or could it be a fictitious one? No, it has to be a real one. Okay. One that does come to mind because of the because of um, is it's now closed down. It's the. Uh, I'm gonna to have to come. Okay, I'm gonna, oh my word! And I can't go on the internet now to try and find out the venue. The one for a hundred people, I did see. Okay, come back to me, David. We'll we'll we'll, we'll go on to dessert while you're thinking about your venue. Yeah. Oh, this so, is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you've um, you've obviously you've sensibly given people a light starter, just olives and and antipasti, because you know you're going to be filling them up with uh, with pizzas afterwards. And uh, so we come on to dessert. Yeah. Um, uh, moving away from the Italian pizza, uh, we're going to give all the guests Moya's frangipan. Moya's frangipan. Big old okay. one. Okay. T- t- tell me more. Uh, it's my favourite dessert that Moya bakes. <laughs> it's an almond uh, plum. Um, it's not a tart, but it's tart-like. Mm. Um, okay. And if we haven't had the Atkinses around for that yet, I feel somewhat embarrassed and remiss. It's okay. The uh, and uh, are you serving that with uh, with a, a clotted Cornish ice cream or uh, or cream, well, or does it just come on its own? Again, I I need I think it needs nothing. It just needs a big spoon okay. of plate, and that's fine. Um, there will be um. um uh, what's the cream that's been slightly? Uh, there'll be ice cream certainly available for those that want it, uh, uh, and there'll be uh, not clotted cream. I can't think of what the creme fraiche. A bit like creme fraiche, yeah. Uh, okay. Which uh, some people like. Well, uh, there'll be tubs available as we dish it out. <laughs> if you you like it? You put it on there. <laughs> Excellent. And obviously, you mentioned uh, you mentioned it being Moyers. Yes. So is the, I, I, as they say, behind every great man is a, a, a woman with a very large hand on his back. <laughs> Sometimes a very large uh, dick. <laughs> uh, so um, tell me more. It's more how, has, did you meet Moyer through the industry or how did you meet Moyer? Moyer? Moyer was the chair of Uni Venues of London and we met at a talk at the British Museum. Amazing. Uh, yeah, she's now running a, she's now exec director of a dance company and has been working her socks off last um, 
since since lockdown. It's quite remarkable. Anyway, I'm sure. And do you find it easy between the two of you to to not talk about work, as you're both sort of in the same industry? Uh, we both we both have got uh, a, a physical assignment. It, it's, it's enough now. En- enough talk about round tables and and, uh, and dancers. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Excellent. So uh, you've, your, your guests are now uh, fed and watered. Excellent. And you're probably as you, you're probably and as you as you started as a DJ, obviously you know I'd expect a cracking dance song uh, to get people uh, a, a dance floor filler. It's funny how we all revert back to uh, a favourite of some type. So uh, are you asking about my first dance track, the floor filler? Yes. Uh, Jocelyn Brown, somebody else's guy. But, tell me tell me why tell me why oh i just think it's uh, it's just an amazing i can't help but smile every time i hear the beginning jocelyn brown can sing she's got an astonishing voice it's fun and it's danceable but because this is our party you don't have to dance <laughs> you can do what you like but fair I, enough fair enough we're, we're dancing does it have happy memories for you? Have you uh, have you been have you been dancing to it before a particular occasion? It does so uh, we were we were talking about luck. We were very lucky. Uh, part of the formation of Wise Productions was um, Phil Hughes, uh, uh, currently of the Icebox, incredibly generously took us under his wing uh, when generally Mike and I didn't have a clue what what we were doing, uh, and he tried to. Um, put a, some veneer around us. Uh, he was incredibly kind and um, he booked us for some amazing events. And um, this was, uh, I think, at the Henry Regatta Ball where I think he'd got us in and it filled the floor. Absolutely. Really powerful song. Amazing. But thank you, Phil. Well, that leads me nicely, nicely sedues on to... Um... So obviously you've mentioned the Phil Hughes there. May I mention you obviously mentioned James James Herworth as well from Mustard. Um, so would you say there's one person that has inspired you most within the industry? There's more than one, isn't there? Because it's, it's you know, as, as there's a rhythm. Uh, so a number of people. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to have to. I'll limit you to two, David. Oh man, there's five. Two. Okay. Well, let's, you're you're in charge. You can mention the other three. Okay. But you can't go into depth. The first one is Johnny Roxburgh. Yeah. Um, so tell uh, tell you tell the listeners about Johnny. Johnny was the founder of the Admiral Crichton. He is now um, out of that particular company, but still organising the most amazing. Um, parties and events so and if i'm doing this wrong please 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 forgive me but he's firstly he taught that there's no such thing as second best it's got to be perfect perfect is the word and that is perfect as defined by the customer not us so how do we find out what's really important to the customer then there's always a hook there's the, and they, how he does it is astonishing but there's something about it's not tinsel it's deeper it, although it's his a party there's a depth to this experience be it the dancers or the colors or i don't i don't know I, I've, I've seen it and i can't repeat it but then that's the that's the skill 
and the passion. Um, yeah, to, to, to me, I mean, I, I, I understand why you would put him up there. I, I it's only from the beginning of my career, Johnny was definitely the most creative, but he was, I think that the things that was, was one, his sort of creativity and willing to break down barriers and was renowned at the beginning for having um, boys dressed in pink tutus serving canapes and was sort of the only person who would get away with doing that. And then um, he used to, in terms of sensory, it was the um, going into reception areas and he would be there stripping lavender plants off uh, and placing them around the room so that the, the smell of lavender was almost overpowering when he came into the reception area. So he seemed to look at, and still does, look at every sort of aspect of the guest experience. It's not just about the food and the drink. It's about the whole sort of sensory experience that they get. Totally, yeah. Um, I'm probably taking words out of your mouth, so I apologize. But uh, I, I don't know if you, if you, if you agree with that. Or... I, I heard of ambassadors dancing in the rain because of he, Johnny had put on the most amazing dance group outside Kensington Palace. Didn't see it myself, but heard of it. You know, smiles and, but deeper than that, not just something trivial. Anyway, uh, and the next person, if I may, and let's just yeah, let's make it two. Um, so, during my time as an engineer, I would come up to London and work for uh, Norman Hart Marquis, based in Wandsworth. Uh, pick up a van at sort of lunchtime Friday, and potter around southwest London, putting up marquee lighting, and then spend Sunday afternoon um, uh, put, taking it all down, reversing the van up to their warehouse, uh, and then whizzing down at sort of five in the morning to Sussex to where I was working as an engineer. Uh, and one morning, um, I was parked up in the van um, and Justin Tinney from By Word of Mouth came out with a tiny cafe tier um, and woke me up and said, "You look, looks like you need something like this. Uh, and I was, I, was, I was so great. This was probably 30 years ago, but I was ever so grateful that someone would do that. And again, he has a way of um, vision and delivering clients' expectations where leave it to us, we will take care of it without boring them about where the three-phase cable is going to be, because clients don't need to know that. There we are. Thank you. I've expanded the list to two. There we are. <laughs> That's very good. And I think that's a, uh, I shouldn't comment too much, but I can understand exactly two, two stalwarts of, of the industry and uh, equally as well, lovely that they're both still going strong. Absolutely. And stronger. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, was, uh, I know it's hard over 27 years, but uh, what, what, we, what would you say is one of your best memories from working in industry? single best memory of working in this industry. The fact that there are still people who think, and I'm thinking post COVID, that are thinking so broadly, so um, creatively about how to crack the problem that's in front of them. So I think that um, it's, it's, it's a mixture of, of, of the, all the experiences of where people who don't think we can get this installed in 55 minutes and yet at five to seven come in and we're set and we are cool and there's everything is there. That look of, oh my gosh, 
I get it now. That that's that's a that's an astonishing experience. Within the, within the fact that we're in this amazing space, mm. in a gallery, and you, still, and you still after probably, I'd hate to estimate actually, but let's say it's certainly more than three thousand. Let's say times that you've worked in in unique venues. Yeah, you still get that same kick. I do. Isn't that ridiculous? How mad is it? I still genuinely get a little pinch me moment about firstly how lucky are we that we can do we, we can operate we are allowed to operate in these astonishing stunning spaces yeah. now it's, it's brilliant david you've obviously talked a lot of you you've mentioned covid19 and and what we are all going through at the moment it's obviously a particularly difficult time for our industry um do you think, or, or what, I should, I should not going to ask, do you think, I'm going to ask you, I mean, what positives do you believe will come out of, of the current situation? Sorry, is that question on the list? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is. What positives? For me or our industry or? Up to you. I think that for the event industry, and we're, you know, it's, we're still in the middle of this, so it's now um, the 19th of June, we're still in the middle of the unknown. I think that we'll look back and think that the event sector performed and delivered and maneuvered elegantly and professionally to look after its clients' communication needs. Within WISE, not through me, uh, uh, through other people within the WISE company. I absolutely want to be the very best leader I can be to this astonishing group of people who have worked and considered and thought. I mean, a, a three-camera green screen, who would have thought that one? You know, we've beaten the software, we've beaten the hardware. Astonishing. And how do we build that and still keep two meter distancing and all that sort of stuff? And um, so do you think you would have? Do you think you would have? Do, do you think it's uh, fast forwarded you doing so, or do you think you would not have been looking at sort of green screen and um, this this digital offering? No, no, the digital the digital consideration was already there. I think clients were still were were, were there was a, a great inquisitive. But on a very perfunctory level, you know, what might it look like? Uh, that combined with the more the, the um, sorry, hold on one second. Uh, frame freeze here. That with the sustainability conversations that were that were really warming up generally. So I think that clients were thinking, how do we get best buck, best value? We don't want to fly 5,000 people to a hotel uh, in Eastbourne. Uh, we don't want to, we don't, not, not that we don't want to meet. Of course, we'd love to meet, but there's, a, there's, a, there's an aeroplane tax, carbon tax, which we don't want to have to consider. So there was already, so we did a first virtual event February 2019, and, and we were already starting conversations about what would a financial roadshow look like, but with substantial, stronger green credentials. It's just accelerated this. 
uh, we had already tried to find some space for a tiny green screen studio dipping our toe. But now we had to go full on and get the studio working. Um, and, and the language of, of what, what, a, what a hybrid. I think what will, one of the positives, we'll, we'll, we've accelerated the demand for a hybrid event. Thank you. And as you, it, it has, and, and uh, we are uh, moving forward. Um, obviously, we're still in the midst of it at the moment. Obviously, it's been, uh, when we look back on it historically, it'll be interesting to see. My, my, my children already talk about, yeah, we'll be learning about this in history classes in 10 years' time. And I, and I keep saying to them, I, I really hope we are, because that means that it's passed and we've got through it. Um, um, and obviously, your parties have to come to an end as well, Wisey. And I, I put down here in terms of, of the big departure. Now, it's uh, it's obviously up to you what that means. Um, some, it's a case of, you know, you go, you go to weddings, and I've been to weddings where people have made the most amazing departures, either going up in hot air balloons or classic MG sports cars with balloons, with just ridiculous amounts of balloons on the top of it and whatever else, or, or just other real heartfelt occasions, which is quite hard to describe, just in terms of, I suppose, the way other guests have almost smothered them in a scrum before they go. And it's just a, a completely loving moment. But in terms of you, in terms of big departure, as I say, I, I guess it's leaving your back garden. So it's probably going to be more your guests going than you. Um, but, but how would you manage, how would you stage manage the big departure? Um, historically, parties like this have ended up with one or two people on various sofas and in spare bedrooms. So actually the big departure would be uh, breakfast the next morning. <laughs> we, we would send them on their way for a hearty breakfast. That's very good. I like it. So the big, the big departure is basically a, a, a full English the next morning. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, you uh, obviously, you, you must be doing future planning at the moment. Um, so how do you how do you see the future for Wise Productions? Um, with what I know today, as a caveat, I see some form of hybrid office. Some form of, um, we were moving at, we were expanding anyway uh, in February. We were taking on more space, um, which is temporarily. So there was extra office space that we would. I would consider setting up some sort of digicom office within live events. Uh, so there'll be 2D, 3D animation. There would be uh, some sort of engineering about internet, how we get these events online. Uh, and I'd like to see that in-house. I think uh, to really master something, we have to bring it in-house and make sure we can deliver uh, with uh, knowledge um, and know-how. So it's, it's, it's as you've, I guess, in terms of you described, in terms of hybrid events, basically it's it's creating a a service that supports that. So you're looking at combined a digital and live event yeah. Here we are. agency. Yes, I, I can see I can see how that would work with what we know now and our confidence or the confidence in uh, virtual virtual communications. Uh, and I think also we wouldn't have as many people working full time at, at the office. There would be some sort of you know remote working, as we've all seen over the last 
my, 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 my only caveat was that I still want us to come once a week somewhere, somehow, come together and, sh- and, and have the equivalent of our, of our water cooler moment, our kettle boiling moment, where we, how things, what are you working on? But not, not virtually, that would work, but I still want to come together in a space, which possibly shows my, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm a get people into a room kind of guy. Well, David, you said earlier in terms of that uh, the, the, the team only goes at the pace of the slowest member. And I think that, you know, it, it's, it's probably a case, as you say, that you need to bring people together to actually to, to help those people. Um, and I'm sure that you will going forward. And uh, as your guests depart and we, we leave this conversation and thank you for your for your for your memories, insight and, and experiences in this industry. My pleasure. Um, I hope it's a bit of interest. How, what, uh, what, what one gift to all your guests? Uh, it's up to you what that gift is. Be that gift is a, a physical thing or just a, oh, uh, oh, a wise word. No, I, would, I wouldn't be. Well, no, 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 not for me. That, that, that would not be for me. Uh, so there are two options here, and they're both physical presents. Um, I think it would either be some sourdough starter to encourage people <laughs> to bake at home, yeah. or some fresh tomatoes from, from the garden. Or both. Or, bo- or both, absolutely. You need the uh, you need the tomatoes to go on the pizza. We do, and, and uh, yes, uh, Moya has been uh, has green fingers, and she's been growing the most astonishing um, vegetables and salad stuff in the in the garden. So yes, two very real. So some sourdough starter. It's not as tricky as people say. You just have to be incredibly patient. It takes an awful long time to make sourdough. Well, thank you, David. I'm sure we, uh, I'm sure the listeners would all like to to spend an evening in your back garden. Doors open. Um, ar- arriving to, to Van Morrison. Yeah. Glass of prosecco. Prosecco. Some love, some some lovely fresh olives and antipasto, followed by homemade pizzas, and then some frangipani made by the wonderful Moya. Definitely. Dancing, dancing to Jocelyn Brown. Yeah. By the sounds of things, drinking too much and staying overnight to have a full English breakfast the next morning. Yeah. Uh, and to depart with some uh, with some sourdough starter and tomatoes. So when they are feeling up for it again, they, they can host you and yeah, we'll, give you pizzas back. We'll be ready. <laughs> what fun. Absolutely. Well, it's been great, David. Thank you. Oh, Thank you for your insight and your and your experiences. And uh, yes, we I look forward to seeing Wise become this combined agency, digital and live, and really going forward in the coming years. It's really kind, Phil. Thanks, thanks for hosting. It's been a really good experience. Pleasure.